Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thanks for joining me on my drive to work this morning. It's great to have you in and listening this week on this Tuesday morning. A lot to get into. The Lakers had four games in the past week since my last episode. Let's get into it. All right, so the Lakers had four games in the last week, starting with the game on Tuesday against the Timberwolves last Tuesday, in a game in which they won. Unfortunately, that will be their only win that they got in the last week. Lakers are struggling a bit. They beat the Timberwolves pretty handedly, as they should. The Timberwolves are pretty bad. Not really going to get into that one much, um, just because there isn't much to get into. The Lakers won the game. They should have won that game, um, and it was good to get the win. So jumping into the big matchup of the week was the Lakers versus Nets, a potential finals preview, and boy did it disappoint if you were a Lakers fan. So the Lakers playing without Anthony Davis due to injury, and the Lakers offense just couldn't get going. They held the Nets to 109 points, they lost the game 109-98. to 98. They, you know, holding a team that can score 140 points in regulation or in overtime to 109 is good. That's that's great, great defense by the Lakers. But when you're only scoring 98 points to match that, uh, you know, I think that's where a lot of the problem lies. The Lakers shot 20, I believe they shot 28% from three against the uh against the Nets, a team that shoots extremely efficiently from three. So when you're shooting 28% from three, it's going to be hard to win games, especially in today's NBA where the three-point shot really means so much. So tough for the Lakers. I mean, it's just tough to beat a team like the Nets when you can't hit shots or you know make threes. LeBron played a good game, um, but that was about it. The Lakers were miss- missing their second best player so it's hard to judge I mean the Nets were also missing Kevin Durant so that is something to take note of but you know both teams missing two of their best players and which kind of you know you'd think maybe kind of evens things out a bit or whatever but Lakers just Lakers just couldn't keep keep up offensively and I think they'll get there I think with AD in the lineup that'll help um but again also from a defensive standpoint for the Lakers, it's a lot easier to play defense against the Nets when you're not going up against Kevin Durant. So, you know, and Kevin Durant is arguably the best of the Nets' big three. So, although Harden's been playing very, very well. So, you know, just so it's one of those games where it just didn't feel right from the beginning. I, wa- I was watching it. I, I was into it, but it was one of, you know, there's some games – you know, even regular season games, even though they don't matter all that much, or you know, they don't matter as nearly as much as a playoff game. There's some, you know, there's some regular season games where I am super into it. I want the Lakers to win. If the Lakers don't win, I'm going to be super upset. And I would have thought that this would have been one of those games, especially just because it means more to beat the Nets than it, you know, that it would mean to beat the Timberwolves. But I felt kind of content with that game only because I just knew the Lakers didn't have it offensively. They just weren't making hitting shots. And when you're not hitting shots, even even if you're playing great defense, 
it can be hard to win games when you're not hitting shots. So they were kind of in the game for a majority of the game. You know, I mean, they were down double digits. They kind of got back within nine or so, uh, which could have given them a chance if they just kind of happened to turn things on. But they just weren't able to, weren't able to turn things on and ended up losing losing to the Nets by by 11. So tough game, tough game, but it was good to see the Lakers defense play well and hopefully down the stretch we can start hitting shots. So jumping in to the next two games, the next two games were much more disappointing to me to lose because they're against teams that have been struggling. So the Lakers played the Heat on Saturday, a little NBA 2020 finals rematch. The Heat, if you don't know, their record is below 500. They have not. They had a bit of a rough season so far due to COVID protocols and injuries and whatnot. Um, and the Lakers just. Well, that's before I get to the game. So before the game, a few hours before the game, it was announced that Dennis Schroeder was going to have to sit out due to COVID protocol. If you don't know, Dennis Schroeder is probably, in my opinion, I would say Dennis Schroeder is the Lakers' third best scorer or offensive player. And then he also contributes a lot, a ton on defense. Uh, He's the best guard on the team. So the Lakers went into the game missing two of their three best players in Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder, putting it all on LeBron James and the rest of the, basically the bench to really win that game um so it's hard to you know when you're missing two of your three best players it's hard to get super upset about these losses um so the lakers played the heat another game where they just couldn't get things going they shot 26 percent from three so offensively they played awful they lost the game 96 to 94 they were in the game. I think they were leading in that game, and the, they let the Heat just come back. Um, and they had a chance at the end to to tie the game. It was 96-94. Lakers had a chance to tie the game at the end. Alex Caruso just missed uh, to get a shot to tie it. And, again, a great defensively, great to hold a team under 100 points. In the NBA today, it's great to hold a team under 110 points. Lakers did that. Lakers have been doing that. So they're playing good defense. They're getting, they're giving themselves the opportunity to win these games. Because the Lakers, when, they're, when the Lakers have their full roster, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Saul, Kyle Kuzma, you know, when they have all these guys, they have the offensive firepower to score 120 points in a game. You know, so, but when they put it all on LeBron, when when all of the, you know, star power, so to speak, is on LeBron to play a ton of minutes, score a bunch of points, and then you're basically hoping that KCP and Kyle Kuzma are going to shoot 40% from three, um, the Lakers, those two guys just haven't shown the consistency to be able to rely on that to win basketball games. So if we had Schroeder and Anthony Davis, I think these games look differently. So it's not, it's not, 
they're not something to get torn up about for sure. Obviously, when you're we're trying to keep up with the Utah Jazz, which we'll get to later on, but the Jazz are still winning. Lakers, I think, are now three games, three and a half games behind the Utah Jazz. If I'm, they were two and a half behind yesterday. I'm assuming with the loss, they're either three or three and a half behind now. Um, I believe they're still in second. They might be tied for second in the West with the Clippers now. Um, So you know they're still in that top tier. The Lakers are still one of, if not the best teams in the NBA. They're just struggling because they don't have their best players playing right now and for any Lakers fans that are worried about this or upset 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 with the team if there's anyone out there that are second guessing the Lakers well yeah no surprise the Lakers aren't the best team in the NBA when they're missing two of their three best players good players matter you know the Lakers aren't the Lakers aren't the same team as everyone's been talking about when they're missing Anthony Davis and they're missing Dennis Schroeder there's not the same team. If you had taken, if the Lakers never got Dennis Schroeder and they never got Anthony Davis, then no one from the beginning would have been talking about the Lakers winning a championship. So um, we have to treat it like that. You know, LeBron. It's impressive that LeBron's 36 years old and the team is. We're putting it all on his shoulders, and he's putting the minutes he's putting in, and he's playing as well as he's playing, for the most part. So Lakers lose to Miami, 96-94. It's a bummer to lose that game. One, because, you know, the story of the finals rematch, right? Um, but at the end of the day, it's a final, it's a regular season game, so it really does not hold much weight. And then last night, the Lakers played the Washington Wizards, who have been struggling miserably in the East. The Washington Wizards have Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal. They have some good players, but... They started off the season rough, not playing very well. Um, so definitely a game that the Lakers were expecting to win. Even shorthanded, it's a, it's a team that the Lakers probably should have beaten. Um, we were up pretty big in the first half. The Lakers were playing well. They had a good first half. Usually, usually the Lakers have a slow first half and play well in the second half. It was kind of opposite last night. The Lakers played well in the first half, and then in the second half, it seemed like they just kind of ran out of gas. The Wizards came back, and they ended up winning that game in overtime, 127 to 124. Pretty frustrating game, just from a focus standpoint. This is one of those things where I think the team is just struggling right now. They're running; it almost feels like they're running on fumes. LeBron, especially, because, like I said before, it's all on his shoulders to win these games. It's all on his shoulders to. Um, make the big play and to make you know the force to come back if they need it or or what, what have you so the so last night the Lakers were up the Wizards came back the Wizards took the lead um, Lakers were down in regulation down by four with like a minute to go the Lakers ended up coming back they're down by two LeBron drives to the hoop with about 10 seconds left gets fouled puts it in for the and one and then he proceeds to go and miss the free throw that would have been the game winning free throw obviously there were still nine seconds nine seconds left when he took that free throw so it's possible obviously that the i mean the wizards had plenty of time to to win that game anyway um how it worked out was lebron missed the free throw wizards called a timeout 
and then had an out-of-bounds play where Bradley Beal missed a step-back three-pointer. So, had you know, the Wizards had plenty, had plenty of time to win that game, but they missed it, and it went into overtime because the Lakers had tied it with LeBron's and one play where he missed the free throw. So, overall, that's pretty... It's frustrating because the Lakers... Well, one, Lakers shouldn't have been in that position. Honestly, with, with or without two of their three best players, they shouldn't have been in that position. I understand Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are really good players. Bradley Beal's really good. Russell Westbrook is a... He's inconsistent. He's a good player. He has energy. He has hustle and grit and all that stuff that helps a team in certain moments in games. So, so the, so the Wizards do have good players. It's not you know it's it's not like they're an awful team or anything like that, but they're pretty bad. And so that being said, Lakers shouldn't have been in that position. Regardless, I understand, given everything I've talked about already, about missing AD and missing Dennis Schroeder and all that stuff. Um, so, to start with, the Lakers shouldn't have been in that position. Second of all, LeBron should have made the free throw. Like, I hate to... The thing is, I, lo- I, lo- I, I love LeBron. I like LeBron on the Lakers. There was a lot of Lakers fans that did not like the idea of having LeBron on the, on the Lakers for whatever reason. LeBron basically single-handedly, I mean, obviously with Rob Palenka and with the Lakers organization, turned the Lakers from a 15-win team to an NBA champion in two years. So you can't you can't hate that, right, if you're a true Lakers fan. So I, I like LeBron. Um, there are certain flaws about LeBron that are infuriating. And for me, the number one thing, you know, some people hate the flopping, some people hate off-court stuff. For me, the thing that I hate the most, or I'll say is the most frustrating to me, is the free-throw shooting. For as much as LeBron is upset about not getting to the line, you know, because there's... So, LeBron gets... In his career, and I've talked about this before, in his career, LeBron is, like, in the top ten in free-throw attempts. So, like, he, he does get to the line throughout his career or he has gone through the line throughout his career. Um, in my opinion, and it's crazy, but in my opinion, he could get to the line more. Like, he gets hit every time he goes to the basket. Um, but you'd think for a guy that, you know, he goes to the basket, he gets hit, maybe it doesn't look like he got hit, he gets hit, uh, makes makes a free, makes a layup, or even misses a layup. Um, nothing gets called, and then he complains, right? And so that's what everyone hates, that he complains about everything or whatever. My argument is that like, he's probably getting fouled more than we even see. Um, so I kind of get it. But also, I also get the other side. Whatever. Point is, you would think that for a guy that complains about not getting foul calls, um, would make the most of his opportunities at the free throw line. And... I'm astounded by how many free throws LeBron misses, you know, and I think maybe it's part of it is me growing up as a Kobe fan, and I hate to do this. I hate to compare LeBron and Kobe. Um, Obviously, in some points, it's hard not to just because he's the best superstar the Lakers have had since Kobe. Um, And 
Kobe was one of the best players in the NBA during his time, if not, you know, throughout the history of the NBA. LeBron is definitely one of the best players in NBA history. So in that sense, it's also hard not to compare. But they're different players, so that's what I mean when I don't want to compare. They're different players. They play differently. I hate to compare them. They've done different things for the organization. Um, I like them both. But the thing is, is like growing up as a Lakers fan, when Kobe went to the free throw line, you know he wasn't missing. And if he did miss, it was a big deal, and you knew he wasn't going to miss for like three games, you know? Um, when LeBron goes to the free throw line, it's like every single time I'm like, well, he might split these. He might make one and miss one. Which, like, you know, at least I'm not disappointed because I know what I'm, I know what to expect when he, you know, when he misses. But at the same time, like the standard, my my standard for, I mean, honestly, my standard for any NBA player is that you shouldn't be able, to, you should be, sh- and again, this is probably unrealistic, but any NBA player where it's your job and you're making millions of dollars to to play basketball should be shooting. 85 to 90 percent from the free throw line i understand there are certain situations like Shaq, who has big hands and holding the bad bat holding a basketball is like holding a soccer ball or something you know i get it i get there's different situations with different players i don't know what it's like to be over six foot six um so you know maybe shooting free throws when you're six ten is harder than when you're six foot i don't know who knows i don't i don't know what it's like to be an nba player but I would imagine if I was being paid to play basketball that I would, you know, do what I could to be as consistent from the free throw line as possible and make as many free throws as I could. Because, and especially for a guy like LeBron who gets fouled so much um, and gets to the free throw line and all that stuff, it's like, that is money. Those are those are free points. Those are free points. Um, so it's frustrating when any NBA player can't make a free throw, but especially when it's a superstar, when it's one of the best players of all time in the NBA, and he goes up, ties the game with nine seconds left, gets fouled, gets a free point, a free opportunity to take the lead and potentially win the game, and he misses it. And I, and on the other hand, I give him a hard time because he deserves to be given a hard time, but... I also understand that with Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder out, those are the two guys that LeBron relies on to give him rest during the game, whether it's actual rest like him sitting on the bench or or just rest while he's on the court where it's like he's not doing every single thing. Like he can pass the ball to Anthony Davis and let him do stuff or give it to Schroeder and let him work, you know. Those are the two biggest players on the team that LeBron relies on to get rest throughout the season or yeah throughout the season and, and within games um so I get it I I would I can't imagine what it's like to be putting in well I don't know what he's putting in 36 37 minutes a night with that much of a workload um I'm kind of I mean honestly I'm a little worried that he's gonna get hurt because just it's one of those things I mean he's he's shown or seemed to be quote-unquote invincible so far which is amazing but that's not going to last forever at a certain point at a certain point his body's going to start breaking down and if he's putting in these kind of minutes with that kind of workload 
it's going to happen sooner than later. It's not, I hate to be realistic, but that's just how it is. So I am, I am, if I'm worried about anything this season, it's the Lakers health. One, I mean, I was worried about it before Anthony Davis went down, but that really just solidified it. You know, one with Anthony Davis and his health. Because as we can see, the Lakers are not the same team without Anthony Davis. Even though he had been playing pretty poorly before he got hurt. Um, it just, on both ends of the floor, he's not. the Lakers aren't the same team without him. Um, and then with LeBron, on the flip side, because we're missing Anthony Davis, all the minutes he's forced to put in and the workload he's forced to put on himself frightens me a bit in terms of just his body maintaining for the rest of the season. So, again, LeBron knows his body better than anyone else. He, for a guy that's played 18 or is in his 18th season, has played 17 seasons, and has had very, very minimal injury history, knows what he can take, I think. But, you know, we saw it with Kobe, right? Like, Kobe was he was slowing down a little bit but for the most part he was still um you know he was only two years removed from from a title and that Achilles really brought him down and I you know with Achilles injuries as we've seen with with uh Kevin Durant I think that the the medical technology and and advancements I think have helped players bounce back a little bit from Achilles um you know DeMarcus Cousins is back and playing and and hopefully playing well um so but all that that being said I am I I can you know you miss free throws when you're tired right that's what you've always been taught when you play any level of basketball where you're shooting free throws um and if you've ever played high school basketball or even even younger or like a club club basketball team or something you usually well I'll just speak from my own experience we used to always do these drills where you would run suicides and then you would have to shoot free you would have one guy go and shoot a free throw and if you made the free throw then you were done but if you missed the free throw then you had to run another one and then after you got back the next guy shot if you same thing if you made it you're done if you missed it you have to run another one and so it's the you know one it's to put that pressure on you because on the free throw line there's a lot of pressure on you and it also is practice for shooting free throws when you're tired um and also when you're desperate to make a free throw so i'm sure there's a lot of basketball players out there that have done that or done a drill like that and there's a reason you do that because the free throws when you're tired are usually the most important free throws. And typically, just in a game in general, you're tired. And when you shoot free throws, free throws are, free throws are important. The Lakers, I don't know how many free throws they're averaging this season, but they've averaged up, or they've, you know, in certain games, they've gotten upwards of 26 free throws in a game. That's 26 points. You know, imagine if you make all those and you get free 26 points. That's almost, you know... Imagine if you started a game and they get, they were like, "All right, we're gonna start this game, Lakers. You get you get to start with 26 points, um, 
and let's say another team averages 15 points or for 15 free throws, right? And that team gets to start with 15, 15 points, right? You have a nine point advantage right there. So it's just the free throws are important. I have seen the Lakers struggle with them through last playoffs, and it's it's probably probably my biggest pet peeve in basketball, and then especially with with LeBron, with Anthony Davis, and with this Lakers team. All right, we're going to jump in and talk a little bit about the Lakers personnel. So there's been some rumors, some some transactions potentially on the horizon for the Lakers. So last night I saw some news the Lakers have waived Quinn Cook. One of those things where it's a bummer to see a guy that you that you know and like go but at the same time he wasn't really a guy that's contributing much at least not that we see I'm sure he contributes a lot in practice and whatnot um but yeah not a guy that he wasn't contributing a ton and the Lakers are struggling with size in my opinion especially with Anthony Davis out I've talked about this the last two episodes but with with Anthony Davis out the the Lakers size is Marcus Saul, Montres Harrell, and really LeBron. You know, those are the three biggest players. Um, I mean, Kyle Kuzma's big. I think Kyle Kuzma's six ten, and he's been pulling down some rebounds and stuff. But he's he doesn't like play like a big man, you know. Um, and then you know Montrez plays like a big man, but is only like six nine. So the Lakers, in my opinion, need some size. And so the Lakers wave Quinn Cook, which I think is a sign that they're going to be going after. Someone I've heard the biggest rumor, um, or probably the most likely rumor, would be DeMarcus Cousins. So DeMarcus Cousins was, was with the Lakers at the start of last season, and then he, I think he tore his ACL, or he got hurt, he was done for the season, um, was on the team for a little bit as just like an injured guy, but then the Lakers ended up waving him so that they could pick up, um, I think it was Marquise Morris. So, so the, so DeMarcus Cousins has some history with the Lakers. He was on the Lakers last year. So I think they're trying to bring him back again this season, which uh, this season they really need him. Last season they didn't really need him, one, because he was hurt. They, can, they couldn't use him anyway. But they had the size with, the, with Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee and Anthony Davis. They were huge last season and athletic, whereas this season – the size is really just lacking. So bringing in a guy like DeMarcus Cousins not only helps right now without Anthony Davis, but he'll help a lot once we also get Anthony Davis back. Um, I think the Lakers are best when they are able to defend the rim and attack the rim. And I'll be honest, I haven't really seen DeMarcus Cousins play since he um, really at all this season. He was with the Rockets. Um but he's coming off an Achilles injury and a torn ACL. So, you know, some injury history, that's a little frightening. But for the most part, a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, if he's playing well, is the kind of guy the Lakers need right now. Because once Schroeder gets back, the Lakers' guard play is good enough, I, in my opinion, between Schroeder and KCP and Alex Caruso. They've all kind of struggled in their own ways at different points in the season. KCP's back. He's shooting well. Or at least he shot well last night against the Wizards. Um, 
Dennis Schroeder is a guy that can go and get buckets when he needs to or when the Lakers need to or when he, even when he just wants to. And then Crusoe, he's been struggling a bit the last few games, but for the most part, he's a guy that you can rely on to be in the right position on defense, uh, make the right pass on offense, and sometimes even hit a big three. So Lakers guard play, I think, is, is pretty good. Um, Kyle Kuzma's been playing well from a, just a hustle standpoint. You know, he's not putting up 20 points a game, but he's putting up, you know, 10 points and, and grabbing 10 rebounds, and he's playing pretty good lockdown defense against uh, some really good teams. You know, I saw against the against the Heat, he was playing up, I think it was Jimmy, he was playing against Jimmy Butler late in the game, and he uh, got, he forced Jimmy Butler to take a hard shot, forced the miss, got a big stop when they when they needed to. Um, obviously, the Lakers ended up losing that game anyway, but Kyle Kuzma was playing good defense. Um, LeBron is LeBron. And so for me, it's really the big men. So so the big guys on the market right now are Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, at least in terms of big men that I, that I can think of off, off the top of my head. Um, and then DeMarcus Cousins is a guy that that we've been talking about trying to grab as well. So I don't, you know, I don't think the Lakers have have the wherewithal to to grab Andre Drummond or Blake Griffin. I think they'd have to give up too much to get those guys. Where it just wouldn't be it wouldn't make sense. Whereas a guy like DeMarcus Cousins, I think we could um, you know, make some room and potentially pick him up um, in a way that that affects the team in the least with the least impact as possible. So, personally, I like that idea. I like the idea of grabbing DeMarcus Cousins, getting some more size, so that the Lakers one can grab some some rebounds and can play defense at the rim, and and I I think that's the you know in my opinion that's the one thing that will help round out this Lakers team. So going on, so it's moving on and talking about around the league. So Utah Jazz are number one in the NBA still, or yeah, in the NBA, um, number one in the Western Conference. Lakers are behind them, not by much, but the gap is widening. The more, at least this past week, it's widened more. Um, Lakers next game, I think, is against the Jazz. So we'll see how that one goes. I don't have high hopes personally. It's a team that the Lakers should beat if they're fully healthy, but we will see. Hopefully we have Dennis Schroeder back. I don't, I mean, with the COVID protocol, I don't know how long it works. You know, if it's two weeks, then we probably won't have him back because he was out on, the first game he missed was on Saturday. So I have to look into how long he'll be out for. I'm sure it's out there. I just don't know. Um, but it's very possible we do not have Schroeder and Anthony Davis again against the Jazz. So it's tough, you know, going at some of the best teams or some of these good teams like the Nets and the Jazz and not being fully healthy. You know, hard to gauge, but we know this Lakers team. We know they're good. And, you know, I think the last thing to say really about the Lakers is we've we in the media and just about everyone, I think, that knows basketball – has kind of written in the Lakers as like, oh, yeah, they're the favorites to win. They're probably going to win. Um, that's kind of the end of it, you know. 
Um, and the NBA does kind of, you know, has had a history of kind of working like that almost where think back to 2015, 2016, 2017, right? Like, up oh, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Cavs. Like we kind of, you kind of knew that going into the season. There were some things here and there where maybe you, uh, LeBron's teams were losing a little more or, or what or whatnot, but you kind of knew who the the finals people were going to be. I think there's a little bit more parity this this season, kind of similar to last season, where there are some teams that can contend between the Jazz and the Clippers and the Lakers and the Nets and the Celtics. All the Celtics have been struggling, um, and the the Bucks. You know, there's there's more teams that can contend maybe than there were in past years. But for the most part, people have been riding in the Lakers as NBA champions this season. And no matter what, no matter how "quote unquote" easy it is to get to the finals, it's you have to build a championship-winning team. And you could argue, even even if the Lakers are healthy, they are not yet a championship-winning team. Obviously, one because they haven't won a championship yet. And I, and I say this because the Lakers won the championship last season, but this team is a lot different than the team was last season. There's there's a lot of the same guys on the team, but for the most part, the way the team plays overall feels pretty different. So for all intents and purposes, this is a new team. Um, this team has not won a championship yet. They still have to do the work. They have to put in the work. They have to build the chemistry and do everything that, that a championship championship winning team needs to do to get to that level so we're seeing the process of it this season they're gonna they will I am confident they will get there by the end of the season by the start of the playoffs they will be at that high level but I don't think they're not there yet and I think that these struggles even you know even though they're missing two of their three best players um they're still game, you know. They still have the personnel that's. They still have good players. Like they can still win these games. Obviously, it'll be a little harder. Um, but these are the kind of these are the workings of what make a championship team. You know, how do you bounce back from losing to the Nets? How do you bounce back from from losing a close game to the Heat? How do you bounce back from an overtime loss to the Wizards when you had the, the game in your grasp? You know, those are the kind of things that either build great teams or show or um, bring to light teams that are not ready to win a championship. I'm confident with guys like AD and LeBron in the locker room that it'll be the first, you know, it'll be that this is going to build up and and contribute to a championship level winning team. But I would argue that the Lakers aren't quite there yet. We're kind of watching the sausage making process throughout this season and especially when guys get hurt and go down it adds a layer of of difficulty so I'm confident in the Lakers I'm it's frustrating to see them lose Um, the Lakers are 22 and 8 now still still a great record definitely would like to get some more in the win column Um, but overall confident in the Lakers and what they will be able to do throughout the rest of the season Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Go Lakers!